2: get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store.
3: Tired of endless diets and weight loss struggles? It's time to say goodbye to frustration and hello to results. Introducing Smart Metabolic Burn from Brain MD, your breakthrough solution to fight stubborn body fat. Imagine burning fat Burn at GetSmartBurn.com. The lowest price anywhere. That's GetSmartBurn.com. Don't delay. Transform your life with smart metabolic burn from Brain MD. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. Our products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease.
4: Hi, listeners. Welcome back. I'm Nadra Glover to and you need to hear this. In today's episode, we will be talking about some perpetual generational communication issues. I feel like we are in this generation of more mental health awareness. We have terminology. We certainly have increased access. And we have a level of openness that some of our elders, some of our aunties and mamas and daddies did not have. And with that information, we feel like in some cases that I can diagnose this person. I know what's going on with them. Oh my gosh, look at their history. This is why I'm being treated a certain way, which all of those things can be absolutely relevant. But what is most helpful for us as we are navigating difficult interactions with people We want to have some compassion and consider ourselves in the impact that they're having on us sometimes being too compassionate or thinking about all the things that this person has has been through creating this psycho social history of their issues can not be helpful for us it cannot be helpful because instead of responding to what we're experiencing with them we're really dealing as if we are their social worker we are going into the challenges as as if we work for them when in actuality we're in relationship with them so there are some standards of treatment now when there is a generational difference you know there are some some older folks who who may have some some challenges and may feel like because of my age I therefore know more, but, you know, I'm a mom of an elementary school student and, you know, in elementary school, that's when you are learning all the facts. You're learning the states, you're learning, you know, the rules, the laws, all these things. And I often tell my daughter, you tell me because you know more. I don't remember that stuff. I don't know all the facts. I don't know, you know, all of the new dances, the slang, the the all of these things. So there's a level of openness that I walk into, you know, conversations with. Now, there are some things because of my experience or my age that I may have more information on, but it's not everything. And At any age, there can be a new way of doing things that could be really helpful for us to embrace. And if we allow age to be the only education that we have, I'm older, that's the education, that's all I need, we will be behind. We have to be willing to embrace new systems, new ideas. That is how we continue to evolve and grow as people. So this call today, it is not just about generational issues, but also communication issues, and really dealing with things inside of a religion system that teaches you to, or you believe teaches you to, consider things a certain way. So let's get into today's call. Hi,
1: Nedra. Uh, I'm somebody who's early in my journey of learning what boundaries are, that I should have them, and how to place them. So, I'm calling in today because of a relationship with a problematic person that I want to try to end, but I'm not sure how to do that or if I even can. It is a sticky sort of situation, and if I can't end it, I hope you can help me find or identify what I can do in this situation. So. I live in the Bible Belt, my home church. I've grown up in this one church my whole entire life. I'm 30 years old and I'm now on staff at this church that I've grown up at. And it has some of the most kindest and loving people in it that you would ever meet. But there's always that one person, isn't there? (laughs) There is this one woman who has attended for many, many years. And I have known her my whole life. She's friends with my mom. And whenever I was a child, she was nice to me. And we got along. I would go over to her house often for church-related gatherings. And I remember, you know, feeling welcomed and accepted whenever I was a child. But right around the time that I turned 12 years old, there was a shift in the way that she treated me. She started talking down to me and being harsh with her words and quick to point out if she felt that I had said or done something that she felt like I shouldn't have done or should have done, and I didn't do it. These were always overreactions, but they would make me feel very small and worthless. Hmm.
4: Sounds like a long history of having some tragic interaction starting as early as 12 years old you know i wonder are you feeling these present situations as your 12 year old self you know sometimes when we get older but we have these long standing issues that younger part of ourselves show up in these interactions with people and it intensifies it because it's not just what's happening presently. It's also what happened when I was 12, what happened when I was 14 or that time when I was, you know, maybe 18. So there is a history of belittling. There is a history of, you know, being demeaned in some sort of way by an adult. And I'm sure in this Bible Belt culture, there was an emphasis on respecting elders. And sometimes you are taught to respect elders that are not very respectful towards you. As a mother, one thing I've been really careful of is teaching my kids to, without limitation, respect and listen to all adults. Because there can be something dangerous in just listening to any adult. I'm an adult. And there are some adults I wouldn't listen to. So I would not want to say to a child that because this person is a certain age that they know more, they're entitled to, you know, tell you what to do. There has to be some mutual respect in that, even for you to hear, you know, certain bits of information. So how unfortunate that there was an abuse of power, And this woman was able to speak to you in these sort of ways as a family friend to make you feel this.
1: Let's keep listening. It just felt like it was impossible over the years. um, Nothing really changed. It just seemed to get progressively more toxic. And it just felt like it was impossible to have a peaceful interaction with this woman because she would always find something that I was doing wrong. Growing up, I was a shy, self-conscious, introverted kid, and I think possibly that I have undiagnosed autism as well. So I would do things like miss a social cue or have difficulty regulating my emotions, and she would point it out in front of God and everybody. And the humiliation and shame that came along with that crushed me of just being publicly called out. I remember being probably 16 or 17 years old and trying to talk to my mom about how hurtful and wrong the way that this woman treated me was. And my mom would take her friend's side and would say that everything she did was well-intended. And if she knew she had hurt me, then she would be really, really sad over it and hurt. But my mom never really did anything about this when I would try to talk to her about it. She never discussed the problem with her friend. She never defended me at all, which I realize now is messed up and probably caused me further trauma. But I digress.
4: Sometimes we digress when we should stay exactly where we are and. As you stated, this is you know where you, you don't wanna focus on your mom, but I, I heard the mom stuff and I cannot digress, I cannot switch topics there. I hear that you felt unheard and your mother chose a side and she did not validate your feelings. I wonder if you could think about this and maybe consider what would have been more appropriate your child is coming to you and saying, I am uncomfortable with the way that this adult is treating me and the adult in your life, the one that you trust says to you, oh, they didn't mean it that way. Ouch. I mean, it it, it hurt me to hear that. It hurts me whenever I hear someone, you know, making an excuse for how someone treated, oh, they didn't mean it that way. Um, if they knew they hurt you, they wouldn't do it. I've had people who have hurt me say, "I would never hurt you." Well, you just did. That's the thing. I don't. I don't think that hurting someone is always intentional. Sometimes it is unintentional. It's something that happens because we're not aware of how we're treating people. I wonder what would have happened if this. Family friend was more aware of how you are receiving the treatment. When people are being hurt, there's an overemphasis on protecting the person who's doing the hurting. We don't want to hurt their feelings. We don't want to say anything to them because they would be sad about this. Well, in fact, they may need to feel something too so that they're correcting this behavior with you. It's not appropriate for you to be the only one that's uncomfortable, that's humiliated, that's, you know, shamed for certain things. There is some value in this person knowing how they contributed to you feeling this way. Now, there are so many things now on the internet around, um, you know, no one makes you feel anything. It's all you. Well, when someone is belittling you, humiliating you, No, they're not making you feel it necessarily, but they are certainly a huge contributing factor. And our self-talk is not always strong enough to outdo what someone is actually saying and doing to us. It sounds like you were bullied in some ways. And if we think about, you know, you said there was potentially some, some autism there. As an adult, we can see when someone is uncomfortable with something. Now, whether or not we believe, oh, this uncomfortable situation is, you know, a growth tool or this uncomfortable situation is harmful, there is some show that this is uncomfortable. So the calling you out and and saying things in this very public way, I'm sure didn't promote your desire to speak more. It didn't promote your ability to engage in a safe sort of way. You know, we speak up when we feel emotionally safe doing so. And it doesn't feel like you felt safe or comfortable enough to do that. You tried with your mom and unfortunately your mom, you know, she said, well, you would hurt this woman. That's what you said so many times, this woman, you would hurt this woman's feelings if you were to tell her this or if she knew that you felt humiliated. It is so interesting when we protect the person who is actually harming other people. The person doing the humiliation should not be the protected person. The person who is shaming should not be the protected person. There are times when we are taking things the wrong way, but that statement is also used as a way to get us to take more, to tolerate more. We're told to toughen your skin. It's you. It's not this other person. When will folks be called to stop being mean? When will they be called to stop humiliating other people? When will they be called to stop bullying? Why does the person with the issue have to get tougher? How about the other person become nicer? Can we make that transition that we're just nice to people? If there's, you know, some cue a person didn't pick up on, do we have to call them out in front of other people? You know, when it comes to kids, I get very impassioned very impassioned because they are such gentle spirits. And we have a history of neglecting and abusing people who can't protect themselves. There is not many things that a child can do against an adult. And it's really unfortunate when children are not protected by other adults. And it's even more frustrating when adults continue to perpetuate this, this abuse of children because oftentimes they don't act like this with other adults. It's like this power dynamic of you're a child so I can do this. This is appropriate behavior, but it's not appropriate behavior with other adults. In no way would you call another adult out for not saying something properly or for doing things in a certain way. There would be a certain level of respect and kids deserve to be respected. It doesn't matter their age. It's not like once you turn 18, you are deserving of respect. You are deserving of respect for being a human being. There is no age attached to that.
3: These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. Our products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease.
2: Are you feeling overwhelmed by anxiety, struggling to find restful sleep, or plagued by a restless inability to focus? It's time to break free from the chains of mental health challenges and discover a path to healthy living.
1: Let's continue. Fast forward to present day. I've discovered that it's not just me that this woman has hurt after. Well, actually, I didn't even open up. Other people started opening up to me, and I found out that this woman has uh, hurt a number of young girls and women, brought them to tears over her criticisms over the years. Every single time, it's always unsolicited. I've heard that what some of the things that she does is she will criticize what a girl is wearing and make her feel, you know, sinful and shameful for it when it's something super minor. And apparently she's also said that she believes these things that she's saying and doing are, quote, her ministry. Now, she can be nice and loving per se, But it always feels like it comes with strings attached. She'll do nice things for others, like gift-giving or throwing a party or celebration for somebody who otherwise couldn't afford it. But it's almost like she forces these things on those people in an imposing sort of way, and then she expects something in return for her good deed, which is also another problem altogether you are
4: who you are, not just in the relationship that is problematic, but very likely in other relationships. And it sounds like she has shown up as herself in relationships with other young girls and women in the same way that she has shown up with you. Where are the same age adults where are they challenging her? Where where are the the mothers of these girls? You know, I wonder how we become so indoctrinated around this idea that we have to be kind to this person who's being mean. Where are the adults? Where are the people who will stand up and say, this is inappropriate? And perhaps she's been able to manipulate, you know, some of these, these people, if she's able to throw parties or give gifts and, you know, maybe the parents have been manipulated, but this is unkind and not okay behavior. This is a tough one. Um, I too grew up with women who were elders in my family or just, you know, family friends and this sort of thing. And there was some mean behavior, And I can recall, you know, saying things about it. And it was the same thing like, oh, that's just how mother so-and-so is. There was so much excuse making that in my little kid mind, I literally believed that when you became an older woman, you would just be a mean person. The only nice older folks I knew were my grandmothers. And I was like, What is it that makes them nice? Maybe it's baking a pound cake. So I guess if you bake pound cakes and you're older, you'll be nice. I don't know. I I couldn't figure out that puzzle, but there were so many um, disgruntled women. And it's a lot of the similar stuff, like making comments about your body, just saying mean things, little girls should do this, they shouldn't do that. And it was almost like, this is how they are. This is what to expect. I remember having one aunt who would just say, you know, such mean comments. And if you walk by, she just pinch you in a very, you know, mean sort of way to the point I would avoid her. And I remember it, it would be like, go say hi to so-and-so. It's like, nope, I got to pee for 27 minutes. <laughs> like I just don't want to go near aunt so-and-so because... The behavior, it is just inappropriate. It's not inviting. It's not safe. And it's a way that we start to lose our voice. We're not allowed to have those boundaries with people. We're not allowed to say this person is being mean to me. And as a result, I don't want to be around them. I don't want to be babysat by this person. I don't want to receive a gift from them. I don't want to go to their house. Please don't make me hugger. All of these cues that we're given that we're unsafe, we're, we're not feeling love. We are being demeaned and diminished by people adults will bypass because for their comfort it may be easier for them to be in relationship with this woman who's made it her quote-unquote Ministry to be mean I've never heard of a mean ministry I've not heard of that um I'm not a theologian but I, that that isn't something that's a thing now we can make anything that that we want to you know pursue in the world a thing but that's not it and it's, it's not okay to engage in that way. And I am in no way saying that this is how you have to be. But unfortunately, I think it is a part of who some people choose to become. And, you know, going back to what I said about their story, whatever reason it is, maybe when she was younger, she couldn't do certain things. I, I don't know. Maybe she was never able to wear a skirt or, you know, Whatever these things are, those things could all be true and she should still be nice to others. There are so many things that we will not experience that, you know, the youth will be able to experience and they should not be punished for it. Times have changed. Things are different. And we know that shaming people And, you know, talking about their bodies is not okay. It's actually damaging and very detrimental to their mental health. Let's keep listening.
1: I don't make any attempt to maintain a close relationship with her, but I do try to be civil and kind and the bigger person, but it's not easy. And sometimes I get triggered and feel like that defenseless 12 year old little girl around her. And recently we had an incident of sorts. She was at a church event and she called me over. My mom had apparently shared with her that in the last couple of weeks, I've had two cousins pass away, one from each side of my family. One cousin was a drug addict whom I've never met and I wouldn't even be able to tell you what he looked like. If he were still alive and we passed each other on the street, I probably would have absolutely no idea that that was my cousin. My parents had me later in life, so most of my cousins are 10 and 15 years older than me, so I didn't really have a close relationship with the majority of my cousins. The other cousin that passed away committed suicide. Although I did meet him, I barely knew him. I'm estranged from that side of the family. We had a falling out of sorts So this woman tells me that she wants to hug me and let me know that she's praying for me and my mom and that she's sad that we're going through so much darkness right now. I'm lost. I have no clue what she's talking about. And then she mentions my cousins and I am really bad at hiding my emotions. So I just kind of make a face like, um, okay. And now I am going through a lot of personal challenges and junk right now. But I'm definitely not in despair over my cousins, as terrible as that may sound. I have a big family, but very few family that I actually feel close and connected to. I have friends that are really more of family than my blood is. So I I tell her, she, she gets kind of, I can tell she's getting riled up already. And so I just explain, you know, hey, I wasn't close to them. And she overreacts as if I'm committing a sin by not being in the pits of despair over the situation. She starts saying, but they're your family. They're blood. It matters. Or it better matter. It doesn't matter to you? And I want to say all of this was a rant. So now she's really riled up. She's getting ready for a rant, basically.
4: Two phrases mentioned stick out for me, bigger person. When I hear the phrase bigger person, I automatically think that someone is treating you unfavorably and there is something in your brain saying, if I'm kind to this mean person, they will be nicer. I remember Michelle Obama saying when they go low, we go high. And then I remember um, there is a politician in Michigan, um, Eric Mays, and he has a a video where he is caught saying, when they go low, we go lower. Now, in the middle of that is just, you know, maybe not responding in an overly nice or extra mean way, right? So maybe there's just having... Some sort of response and not necessarily like I'm going to be very nice to this mean person or I'm going to be super mean to this person who's being mean to me. Maybe there is some assertiveness around correcting a behavior, maybe having a comeback or walking away or not engaging them in a certain way that could be really effective. You know, there's no prescriptive way to respond to someone not being kind, but to be super nice to a person who isn't being kind isn't typically the solution. Being the bigger person has not worked. You know, you're talking about a situation that's been going on for years. You can't be a bigger person to someone who is consistently unhealthy towards other people. They have some behavioral challenges. They have some communication challenges. Being the bigger person is not going to resolve those deep-seated issues. It may help you survive an encounter with them like, you know, they said this and I just let it slide, but the letting it slide is problematic. The allowing her to, you know, maybe say things in a way that you find offensive and maybe not even letting her know in those moments is problematic. You know, I, I think when you were 12 or 13, your mother was the advocate that, you know, could have talked to this woman, but today you are the advocate. You are the adult. And I understand that there is this age difference. but Sister Patterson, I don't know if that's her name, this woman, is what you're calling her. But Sister Patterson needs to be told or something needs to be communicated from her. You are now an adult. You're not 12 years old. There are some things that you will have to do for yourself. Your mother did not do them. These are things that you will now have to handle because you will continue to be subjected to this woman until she, um, you know, I I, I don't know if she's going to have an awakening. You're in church. It doesn't seem like she's hearing the message in the way that it is meant to be heard. She is, you know, saying, well, this is what I'm supposed to do with it. I'm supposed to go out and say these things to these girls that it sounds like is causing a lot of emotional damage. The second phrase that I heard, as terrible as that may sound, now, I'm a therapist. People say stuff to me all the time. And, you know, I hear this phrase a lot. When we want to be honest, before we're honest, people will say, This sounds bad or this sounds terrible. You know how it sounds to me? Honest. I did not know these people. I don't have a connection to what happened to them. Not an emotional connection. Now, as a human being, you may feel, Oh my gosh, I'm sad, right? But in terms of tears and grief, you don't have a connection to have any tears or grief. You don't know them. There is no guilt to be had there. And perhaps this is her rant, you know, oh, but they're family, they're your blood. It matters. It matters to her. It doesn't have to matter to you. What she's saying, coming from, you know, a person who has demonstrated some of these things, that rant doesn't even matter. It's like, you know, if you treat strangers like this, how are you treating your blood? It seems like, you know, you love the family that you have. You are in relationship with the people that you know. So you care about your blood. You care about your friends. You care about people. So these things are not true about you. So I wonder with these run-ins, how do you as an adult start to advocate for yourself is no longer your mom's job. She didn't do it, but you as an adult, you can do it. And, and this situation is just so, uh, it's so horrific to me because I've seen these sort of people in action. I've experienced these people, And this is very tough when you're in the culture of this is an elder and you should be respectful. But something internally is letting you know that this is an elder and this person is wrong. That's why you wrote this letter. That's why I'm responding to it because you know that this is not something that you should be tolerating from a person of any age.
5: I'm about to go on a rant. any disease
2: are you feeling overwhelmed by anxiety struggling to find restful sleep or plagued by a restless inability to focus
4: Let's keep listening.
1: Although I feel like I could have responded better, I don't know exactly what that would have looked like, but I feel like I could have responded better. There was there was some kind of better way to respond to this, but I'm uncomfortable and I'm getting angry at this point. And I, my response was I just kind of laughed and said, you don't get to tell people what matters to them. She's still like, upset over this, getting getting progressively more riled up. And I explain, you know, I never even met one of them. And she storms off and she says, well, it matters to me and they're not my family. How about that? And so my blood is boiling. I'm so mad at her childishness. And I, for the next 15 or 20 minutes, I'm wrestling to try to calm down and relax and actually try to enjoy myself at this event that was supposed to be a fun little meal and game night. Over the years, I really have tried to be friendly to this woman, but I just feel like, I mean, she's in her 60s or 70s now. She hasn't changed. I feel like there is no way to get along with her because she's just so stuck in her ways. I want to cut ties with this woman. I want her to leave me alone. I'm tired of her treating me this way, but as someone who is a staff member at this church and I'm also a licensed minister, I have no idea where to begin with that or if that's something I even can do in this context. Also, I want to emphasize here We do not meet outside of church, and it's always her who chases me down to start something. So maybe I can't cut ties. I don't know. What can I do in this situation? And also, could I have handled that conversation better? What would have been a better approach? Thanks, Nedra.
4: I'm happy you had a response. You don't get to tell people what matters to them. I'm happy you had a response because it seems like this was one of the first times that you said something back to her. Don't judge the way you responded. I laughed. I was uncomfortable. I didn't know what to say. You said something. That is a starting point. That is beautiful. It is different. It is new. You can build from there. You said something prior to that incident, you know, maybe you did just laugh it off. Maybe you weren't saying anything, but now you are starting to practice something different than her. So what you said was exactly what needed to be said. And if she wants to care about some people that she doesn't even know, but be mean to the people that she does know, what she is saying is really incongruent, right? Like, Does she really, or is she saying something that is, you know, basically lip service? This is what I should say to a person. She's in her sixties or seventies now, and she hasn't changed. Your approach has been trying to be friendly. You know, I don't know if being friendly to someone who is being mean will balance out the situation. I don't know if being kind to the bully or having a pet (laughs) that is, you know, a wild animal. Like, I, I don't know if it's like, you know what, if I just love this thing enough, if I'm just kind enough, if I am friendly enough to this person, then they'll change. That's not how it works. And I hear that you're starting to accept that this is who she is. This is who she is. This is who she is. I meant repeat that. Say it with me because sometimes we're in, we're in such disbelief. I cannot believe she is like this, but it's like, this is who she is. Make it into a song. This is who she is. This is who she, this is it. You've experienced it for more years than you need to. If in 10 years, she becomes a different type of person. She has some sort of awakening. She is kind then she will be that in 10 years. You may be around to see it, but today that is not where the situation is. You are dealing with today. You are dealing with next Sunday. You are dealing with, you know, Wednesday Bible study version of her, and it has not been good. And you have no reason to believe that next week it will be improved. Now you ask a tough question. You're in ministry at this church. This woman seeks you out. You're not seeking her out. What do you do when she comes to you and she wants to talk to you about something? Well, you know, I think this is when you pull out your pen and paper and you think of, you know, maybe some phrases you could say, hey, this isn't a good time for me to talk. Or, um, oh, I'm on my way to buy some Captain Crunch from the grocery store. Oh, I got to leave my tires flat and I have to fill it up with my bike pump I don't know. You don't use any of those. But you come up with, you know, maybe some ideas, right? You come up with your own list that I want to give you any of things you could say, also things you could do, you know, when you're trying to be friendly. It's like you feel like, "Oh my gosh, she's talking to me. I have to sit here and listen to her." When you step away from being seen as this friendly nice person, You might be able to kind of walk away and say, okay, have a good Sunday and just get in your car. Not being as friendly can help you maybe walk in the other direction. Not being as friendly can help you think of, you know, maybe some statements to make when she says something. The situation that happened with this problematic person and she's saying, oh my gosh, I feel so sorry for your pain. Thank you. Walk away sometimes we don't realize how we're allowing an interaction that we don't want to have continue by asking questions or by leaning in to to understand more. So for instance, she's, oh my gosh, I feel so sorry for the situation that happened in your family and you're going through so much. And you say, what are you talking about? You know, if I don't want to talk to a person, I don't even know if I want to know what they're talking about, right? It's like, Okay, thank you. Anything could be happening in my family. You know, I'll just take it to be okay. Well, maybe she's talking about, you know, my toddler being potty trained. I'm not sure, but I'm going to keep going because I really don't want to have this conversation with this person who may very likely take it to a space that I don't want to be in with them. So, some of the resolution here will be you shortening these interactions, learning to walk away change the topic not going out of your way to be friendly and maybe even thinking about not being friendly and just being normal to a person who's being really mean to you there's nothing that says you have to be nice to a person who's being mean now there are many instances where I'm like don't match people's behavior, always act in integrity, be yourself. Well, there hopefully is a part of you that's a bit assertive. There's a part of you that is unwilling to tolerate someone mistreating you. That's the part of yourself that you need to be with um, that woman. This is a very, you know, tough situation. I hear the pain in your voice. It is, very sad that you've dealt with this for so long, but you are the person who will rescue you from this situation. I think, you know, you did try to tell someone, but now you're telling yourself, you're telling me, and I'm saying, you have got to do this for yourself. This is not something that, you know, your mom can do. This woman is not having some awakening. She feels very justified in her behaviors. You will have to respond to this differently. You need to hear this. There are times when we pass off the work of helping ourselves to other people because we hope that they have the courage or they have the resources to give us what we can't give ourselves, what we might need. We want them to do the work. Oh, if I just say it to them, they will rescue me from this situation. Well, I am here to say that you might be the person that needs to rescue you. You are the person who needs to help yourself in some of these situations. It's not, you know, another adult. It's not a person who's not in the situation. It is you. Save yourself. You Need to Hear This is an iHeart production hosted by me, Nedra glover Tawab. Our executive producer is Joel Bonique. Our senior producer and editor is Mia Don Taylor. Send us a voice memo with your questions about boundaries and relations.
3: This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise as a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race. A young ape begins a journey to fight for a future for apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the Kingdom in IMAX this Friday and theaters everywhere. Get tickets now.